Hello and welcome to the First and Ten Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Feltz, here in Indianapolis, Indiana, recording an episode that uh, we weren't planning on recording when we woke up this morning. And quite honestly, I never thought I would record in my life. Time to say the weirdest sentence I'll ever say, a sentence that will probably never feel right, uh, and a sentence that certainly doesn't feel right right now. The University of Southern California and the University of California, Los Angeles, are members of the Big Ten Conference starting in 2024. The Big Ten is expanding from 14 to 16 and adding the two Los Angeles schools out of the Pac-12. I still can't believe those words just came out of my mouth. I feel like I'm in some sort of fever dream. You know, usually, you know, if I had a dream like this, I would wake up and I'd text Reed. I'd be like, I just had the funniest, stupidest dream I've ever heard. Uh, USC and UCLA just joined the Big Ten. He'd say, LOL. That would never happen, but here we are. Well, I mean, you texted me when when you broke the story to me via text. You know, I I said I can't remember what I said, but I remember you said, uh, you know, this is really funny, and I said it's funny except for the fact that it could actually happen. And then little oh, did we know, yeah, in then it, six it can, hours it was confirmed. By the way, I didn't get a chance to introduce you. Reed Murray is in Nashville, Tennessee. Reed, what's going on? It's been a whirlwind of a day. We have all been thrown off. It, it has been just. It, it had, a whirlwind. A whirlwind is the only way to to describe wow. it, and um, you know, it's just like what what makes this so earth shattering is if there was some you know, Big Ten is adding Kansas or something like that, like something we've heard before, or something that people, yeah. like, even if it was Notre Dame, even Notre, Notre Dame, Dame. I was going to say that. Be, yeah. um, you know, if 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 you know if if today never happened, right? You mm-hmm. know, we go back in the time machine, and it just it doesn't it didn't happen, and then you know, tomorrow they say Notre Dame is joining the Big Ten. That would be huge news and that would be shocking, but it'd be like, you know what? This is digestible. This is something we, people have been talking about for decades. This is, you know, nobody has ever, to my knowledge, nobody has ever even suggested the concept of these two teams joining the Big Ten. Seeing the logo, seeing the the beautiful script UCLA, gorgeous logo, by the way, Next to the Big Ten, it feels disgusting. It feels so it's just wrong. so bizarre. The thing is, I don't like it. Above all, it's just so it's, it feels like a universe because it's like you know, even when when people, every Instagram account in the world with CFB with at CFB blah 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 in you know <laughs> in their app, they've all every one of these accounts has done their this is my dream realignment and we're gonna make the Great Lakes Conference, which has Ohio State, Michigan, Miami of Ohio, Cincinnati. Akron um, <laughs> and Michigan State, and then we're going to make the Mideast that has Pitt, Penn State, West Virginia, Syracuse, whatever. Rutgers, they all yeah. do these. I have never, ever seen any kind of realignment that puts <clears throat> USC and UCLA in the same conference as Purdue and Northwestern. And no, it, that's just what's so real. crazy to me, is if this is, if this is West Virginia, if this is Pitt, if this is Louisville, if this is Notre Dame, if this is Kansas, if this is Iowa State, Mm-hmm. Then it's like, you know what, this is something I've been introduced to, but this is just so it's 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 unfathomable. It still hasn't even hit it still doesn't feel real. It no, still hasn't hit me yet. It's I, like I say the word like, usually you hear these, you know, breaking, you know, this is you know, these these like leaks of this is what's gonna happen, and then two months later it happens. I thought I, mean, I thought this was the scoop was picked up today, it. and then later today, I don't know if they were originally gonna announce it today or if they just announced it because they're like hell the cat's out of the bag, but I mean we learned concept of this even being possible and had it confirmed within a span of what 12 hours mm-hmm. maybe i mean six this, hours? Is, this is unbelievable yeah. 
I remember I read the, the original tweet. I, f- I forget the reporter who sent it out, but I, I'm going like, to look back up through our text right now because I, I remember you, uh, uh, I'm looking through it. And, but I, I read it in the tweet reads USC and UCLA plan to join the Big Ten Conference in 2024. Here, here's the tweet from John Wilner, source. USC and UCLA are planning to leave the Big Ten as early as 2024. Move has not been finalized at the highest levels of power at 123 Eastern today. 6 30 22 uh-huh when i read that though and i saw oh they're planning on like oh they're they're planning a conference move okay it doesn't mean it's gonna happen who who said these things take time right blink a couple hours later and you know a couple they, hours after talking on twitter and you know yeah all that all of a sudden it's real yeah. uh this is utterly unfathomable i i can legitimately not believe it but uh we're going to get into every possible angle of what this means for the Big Ten, what this means for the LA schools, what this means for the future of the conference, because uh, the conference's identity has forever been shaped, changed forever. Um, the Big Ten is never going to be the same. It's, it's no longer just the Midwestern Conference that accidentally added Rutgers and Maryland that one time. That was fun. Uh I thought I thought it was a joke uh, when I when I saw it at first. I, I really was like, yeah, right, okay, they're gonna join the Big Ten. Here they are, they're here. Uh, so to the newest members of the Big Ten Conference, USC and UCLA, uh, a moment I certainly will not soon forget. When I first saw the news, read the news, uh, I'll always remember where I was. I uh, I walked up into my bedroom. I opened my phone. Tweet one minute ago. It was that tweet. I guess it was at eleven or one fourteen. I must have read. If it was one thirteen, it was posted. Um, I quote tweet simply what all caps run downstairs, tell my dad, and then start a Twitter. Sp- I think I called, I called, uh, I called Tommy divine. I called Colin, Wright. I thought Reed was at work. So I couldn't call. Reed. I wasn't working. I wish we could have called about it, but yeah, I, I was, yeah, you I, was been, yeah. I got your text. I was sitting in, uh, yeah, I thought I was you were sitting in the lunchroom watching yeah. over about 15 kids or eating lunch. It's, it's one of those things that for a college, I felt bad. These kids were coming over. They were trying to play rock, paper, scissors with me. And I, meanwhile, I've got one headphone in listening to the Twitter spaces because I just. Yeah. So I, I, I made those two phone calls and I started a spaces. We had 150 people on there. It was nuts. Um, and it, it felt like, you know, the, the world was forever changed. That was earth shattering news. And uh, certainly college sports have forever been changed and uh, and will never be the same. But Reed, your, your instant reaction when you first saw it, you said, yeah, you were at work. Uh, what went through your head? Well, I mean, I remember my, my instant reaction, the instant, instant reaction, um, I know included a, a naughty word that I'm not going to say on here. Um, <laughs> because my interaction just, no, this, this, this can't happen. This shouldn't happen. This won't happen. No, no, no. It, it was essentially the, the, the gist of it. Um, and I'm sure you can infer what word I said. It's not like it's a big mystery, uh, but it's a family show here. So, <laughs> um, but one G keeps it clean for the kids. Exactly. We're, we're a show for, for yeah. Sorry, for I, don't know what, I don't know what but, the laws are out in California, which apparently is part of our audience now. But uh, here, yeah, in the country, so, we, can't, we can't say those words. Let me preface all of this by saying, you know, now that UCLA and USC are in our conference, when it's 2024. And it's official, and we're doing our previews of UCLA and USC. Ugh, you know, that's so weird. It's I'm not. I, even I, I'm going to preface this by saying, look, they're members of our conference now. This is the reality. You know, 
we, or at the very least, I am not going to hold anything against them when it comes to evaluating their team and talking about Big Ten football sure. objectively, or at least as objectively as we try to be. Um, but as of now, we're in the early stages of this, and we're just talking we're, we're talking football politics, essentially. My stance is anti this move. Like I said, go, I'm going to treat them fairly, evaluate them fairly. They're, at the end of the day, they're football teams. Um, but right now, when we're not talking about actual X's and O's, Jimmy's and Joe's, and you know, people on the football field, when this is you know, an, an administrative decision, um, I'm against this for reasons we'll get into in this podcast. Right. And, and a sizable portion of across the conference, average Joe, Iowa fans or Michigan State fans or whoever, pick your favorite original or close to original Big Ten team. Uh, still do not accept Rutgers in Maryland as like Big Ten schools. Some don't even accept Penn State as Big Ten schools. Nebraska, too. Um like they, they just in their head it is the 10 teams from the midwest it's you know the michigan schools the indiana schools the illinois schools wisconsin minnesota iowa and ohio state so adding you know penn state adding nebraska and then adding Rutgers and maryland to a lot of people was really pushing it i can't imagine what to, to those people who didn't even accept them as members of the conference i barely accepted Rutgers or maryland that still doesn't feel right to me i've, I've gotten used to it obviously it's it's been long enough but um, it still feels weird to say, yeah, Maryland's in the Big Ten with uh, with Iowa and uh, and Wisconsin. This has, has just got to completely change, you know, your perception. I how I don't see a world where uh, they feel like a Big Ten school the same way Michigan State feels like a Big Ten school or Indiana. Oh no, never. Well, they, they just never will. They'll, they'll always be the odd ones out. At, at least to us, maybe in the the new world Big Ten, where the Big Ten no, for, for kids, the kids teams along the coast, but for for the people the from the, the Midwest, maybe like in you know in the future, maybe uh, college football will just look so different as a sport and collegiate athletics. Generally, I mean, it may look so different. It may look unrecognizable in five years, honestly. Right, and you know, to the kids growing up then. You know, they won't know a world where Ohio State didn't play USC every season. And, uh, you know, there's no uh, no battle between UCLA and Cal every year or between USC and Washington. What this is, Patrick, this is, you know, when people have moments where they say this makes me feel old, this is going to be our, like, you know, you hear traditionals talking about, like, the ultra-traditionals who are saying, uh-huh. oh, I remember the, the playoff is, is terrible. The national championship game in general is terrible, uh-huh. you know, the whatever. Who remember the Big Ten prior to Penn State. Yeah, like, we, you know, this is going to be the thing people are going to say, okay, boomer, to us too. Mm-hmm. This is the hill we're going to die on. And, and, and the kids I are going to say, ha look at these idiots who care about, you know, the that Midwest. That is a really good point that I hadn't considered yet. Reed, we are going to. We are going to be the old ones. This is a, I'm 18 years old That's and I'm already a really beginning of my no, I, I can hill. see 25 years from now getting I, what we're Gen Z, like the next generation of, of kids. We're going to get ratioed on whatever the, the new like version of whatever the version of Twitter yeah, is. We're going to get okay. Boomer. Yeah. Say, hey, I wish Ohio state played <laughs> Purdue more than once every four years or something, uh-huh. you know? We're going to get ratioed by people who say, yeah, uh, like, you know, when we say, I, I want Ohio State to play. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, USC has more Big Ten titles in the last oh my God. year you, than Purdue. USC, within, within five years of being in the conference, may find more Big Ten football titles than Indiana. Yeah, or the, than or Northwestern. You know, half the teams in Illinois in the last 60 or whatever. Like, yeah, I mean, 
this is going to be a ratio plus we have more Big Ten titles. Than we're going to, yeah, we're going to get dragged. We shouldn't even by, be in the conference. We're going to get dragged by a bunch of kids who haven't been born yet in, you know, 20 years. Yeah, this is horrible. <laughs> I, uh, I think this is a this is this is a generation defining move. That that's the way I would I would describe it. This this is generation defining. There there is yeah, going and to kids be, aren't going to get it because nowadays because it's going to be so they're going to be too complicated. You know, it's going to be similar, yeah similar to the NFL. People aren't going to know a sport where there's an SEC and regions are so important. Mm-hmm. That's how it's it's going to be just completely. Exactly. I mean, it's already a national sport, but there's there's it's like it's kind of like federalism. You have the mix of national and local, or national and and regional. It's going to become a completely national sport, and there, there's no other sport like it. In, I mean, there's the other college sports, but there's no other, like, big, big league in this country that's really like this in that it's so, – like of course, there's regional divisions and stuff in the NBA and NHL, but and even that, none of it's the same. You know, the Grizzlies are playing the Golden State Warriors in, you know, a second-round playoff. There's no pride to winning the NHL Central Division other than getting to Exactly. The yeah, yeah, it's a nice banner to have in your arena. Um, but and that's my worry is that as much as I, I do say this, UCLA and USC are honorable, wonderful institutions. Number one, academically, they fit very well into the Big Ten, but in terms of athletic prestige, you know, they can go toe to toe with a Michigan or an Ohio State any day of the week. Those two universities are have proud athletic traditions, which fits well into the Big Ten, but they don't get the big 10. I can't speak for every fan of those two teams, but the way I see it, the big 10 is just another league to them and a big 10 championship banner hanging in Pauley pavilion. If UCLA wins the big 10 basketball title in 2026, uh, that's just another banner. No different than winning the Maui invitational versus when you're Indiana, even, you know, and that's a team who wins a lot of big 10 titles in, in basketball. Uh, those teams are special. Those teams are mem- remembered. They're Let me tell you, as somebody who right? – I, I used this phrase on Twitter just uh, about a half hour it ago. It doesn't mean anything to these teams. It yeah. doesn't. Maybe I, said, I said on Twitter about a half hour ago, I've, I've followed Ohio State for as long as I've known my own name. For me, who's been an Ohio State guy for my entire life, when Ohio State went on that span of Big Ten titles, one after the other, none of them meant any less than, than the first Ohio State Big Ten title – game you know championship that i that i ever witnessed against wisconsin the one against northwestern uh in the covid year i that one yeah i mean it it meant just as much actually to be fair in terms of like literally uh, how sweet it was that wisconsin 59 nothing was about as as sweet but the (laughs) the actual relevance of lifting the trophy or you know having that you know when they show the pictures of you know inside the training facility of all the teams who are kind of like us Exactly. Exactly. To see, you know, 2019 Big Ten champions, 2020 Big Ten champions, just every time there's a new one in there, it means it it's, has the same relevance because it's a Big Ten. It's, it's, you're the best in your region. You're the best of the teams you've played for 100 plus years. There's just nothing that beats it. And it just makes it less special. Like, of course, it would be special to win a title against USC, especially such a storied program but it's just not going to be the same. That's no different than winning the Cotton Bowl against UCLA like Ohio State did in 2017. Yeah, when you're UCLA. It, it just becomes another game. It doesn't become the Big Ten game. You're the it's best, just a game at that point. You're better than a bunch of teams on the other side of the country who you don't have any friends who went to school at and you don't know any fans of in person. Right. Never. Like, it, it means nothing. There's there's no – there's nothing special to it. And, and that's the thing. 
that's why this year when Michigan won the Big Ten title for the first time in forever, you know, first ever Big Ten title game can, win. Yeah, far from the first Big Ten title. All yeah, this is the first time they lifted the trophy after a, a win. You people know, can make fun of Michigan all they want for getting crushed in the playoff against Georgia, but the fact of the matter is that Michigan won the Big Ten. They lifted that trophy in Lucas Oil Stadium, and you know what? That is a memory that every single Michigan fan is going to have forever because they went a long time without winning it, and they finally did, and it meant they were better than Ohio State. But not just better than Ohio State. They were better than all the other teams who they see every single year, whose fans they interact with on a daily basis, and who they're going to face next year and the year after that and the year after that for hopefully as as long as sports are being played in this country, right? Um, It means something. And even for a program as storied as Michigan – you know, it's not just a conference title. It's there, there's a story. It just means more to use the line you love so you know, much. It, it does just mean more, right? And I'm worried that it, it could lose its meaning when it's being competed for by like Rutgers and USC. I'm, I'm this is the thing. I was saying this to you earlier. I mean, uh, at the end of the day, let's say, um, you know, you're Joe from Iowa, right? Mm-hmm. Big Ten championship is Ohio State versus Northwestern. Unless you got, you know, unless you got family went to Ohio State or your best friend is an Ohio State fan ever, you're pulling hard for Northwestern because it means something because they're they're that team from, uh, you know, the area. Ohio State has controlled the Midwest for the last five years ruthlessly. You get what I'm saying, though. And it's like this is the potential David who's going to try to take down Goliath. It's not the same when it's Ohio State, USC. Even if USC, like, that season is a little bit of an underdog, it's like, at that point, it's just a – it's it's no different than, like I said, the Cotton Bowl. I could, it's just I could another trophy to compete for. It's not a, a trophy that means – it's not what you live and die for. It's not what you wake up in the morning and, and you know, it, it, you're just not going to – it's not the same relevance. It's not the same importance. It's It just doesn't carry the same weight. And if you're a neutral Big Ten fan, it's less to root for. It's just, oh, okay, here's two, two top-tier programs, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's great for the Texas fans and the Alabama fans or whatever who just want a good game of football with, you know, two teams with a gajillion five stars. But that's not what the sport's all about. There's no. a reason people like college football, and it's not because of the level of play. The NFL is a higher level of play. If exactly. that's what you're looking for, watch the NFL. You watch college sports because of what it means to the fan base and, you know, the traditions and the rivalries and – Everything that makes up college sports. We talked about this a year ago. I think when Oklahoma joined, when Oklahoma and Texas joined the SEC, I'm not sure. We were talking about just the relevance that um, that college football has to our country, especially in the Southeast and the Midwest. That this is such an important part of our American culture, and this is this completely shifts that. It's a completely yeah. different game when you know you're going from competing to be champions of the it Midwest, cares, cares champions of this yeah. league that's been arbitrarily created with it's just a, a random selection of teams now it's just yeah. whoever the big 10 commissioner and the, and the other you know big voices in the big 10 deem will you know appropriate to be in the conference you're not you're not competing for regional supremacy anymore mm-hmm. exactly it, it is about money and uh and that's the end of the story right um i do think another interesting point and something that's been brought up not just by us but by pretty much everybody who, who has heard this news is these teams are far apart. Uh, I saw a tweet that uh, Rutgers is as far from Los Angeles as it is from like Norway. 
or Iceland or Finland or somewhere in that zone. Uh, it's not close, right? It, it's very far. So, you know, for a football team, especially with how much money they're going to be getting from these television contracts once they get signed, the, the Rutgers football team, whether, you know, Rutgers or Maryland can still fly across the country just as well as USC or Ohio State can. The money's going to be there for everybody. Revenue sharing is a beautiful thing. But when you look at the water polo team or the tennis team or the golf team or pick your favorite lower level, not lower level, pardon me, um, lower revenue sport or Olympic sport is, is the term that, you know, has been used in the Pac-12 and um, maybe USC and UCLA will bring it over. I, I think it is a better term than non-revenue sports as they say in, in this part of the world. But um where's the money to travel? Where's the time to travel? You know, for a sport like baseball, you play so many games. And if you're USC or UCLA, sure. A handful of road games might be across town against, you know, the other LA team, but a lot of them are going to have to be on the other side of the country. Almost all of your road games are. And for the fans and the parents, the players, the students, it is just a pain to travel. Number one for fans. I think there is something nice about, you know, currently as the Big Ten is constructed, for the most part, there are exceptions. Think Nebraska versus Rutgers or something. You can pretty much travel by car reasonably to any game that your team's going to play. Or at least Midwest reasonably. Yeah, you know, a six-hour drive to for for Midwesterners is not the end of the world. Um, That's out the window. It's a flight for pretty much every single road game that's going to be played for USC and UCLA going forward, football, basketball, every sport Um, for students. That's a lot of time away from the classroom, you know, particularly, you know, in the sports where you play a lot of games and a lot of midweek games, something like baseball, softball, where they have these soccer series, these long road trips, soccer, not as many games, but still point stands basketball, uh, I, I could go on and on. That's a lot of travel. It's a lot of time outside the classroom. Have to remember, they are students first, and they go to prestigious universities. Every and it's also for the non-revenue that. sports, you know, for football, sure, at the end of the day, if it's hard for C.J. Stroud to go to class, whatever. We'll you know, C.J. Stroud, he's going to make millions in the NFL. For, you know, the guys random are, uh, swimmer at, you know, UCLA. What about, Actually, UCLA is a, big what about a fourth-string receiver at, at UCLA or, or whatever? Those guys sure, are, or, or but, but think about this too. Yeah, those guys, but yeah, the, like you said, the water polo players I don't care. We're not going to be professional players. water polo players. They're going to school to get a degree and do something after. They, they have it's to be professional oh, athletes. That's true for CJ Stroud too. He's got to go to class. He's a collegiate athlete. That's part of the battle. And, you know, say what you will about it. But at the end of the day, he, you know, he can perform poorly in class and, and he'll be just fine. I guess, but you, you know, if you are a Big Ten school, if you're an institution of higher learning, you can't let you can't let that happen. It, it's a terrible look. True, true. It, it, but, but even then, no. e, you know, even if we accept that football players don't have to be high performing academically, yeah, the non revenue or, or yes, the they Olympic do. eligible sport. do and staying outside. Okay, but know, traveling across the country to to New Jersey for multiple days a week, that's tough to do. Could you imagine if you were a, a student and you know it's finals week or whatever and you have to be on the other side of the country for a game and then come back and study that's impossible i i couldn't do it but 
you know, I think it's bad for athletes. I think it's bad for fans from those perspectives, uh, you know, for students too, who, who want to go see a game on the road, that is a fun thing to do. Very tough to travel, have to fly. Uh, you know, I can't speak for USC and UCLA students, but I know uh, certainly with the big town as it's currently constructed, definitely a, a thing people do. They want to go see their friends at the other schools. It, because, you know, there, there is a certain aspect of, you know, people at a lot of schools if, if you're in the Big Ten. And that's the thing. A lot of UCLA kids are going to know kids who go to Cal. You yeah. Know? They're or not going to know. Stanford. They're not going to know kids. kids or go ASU. To There's a ton of California kids who go to ASU. How many, I mean, many U.S. students have buddies at Maryland? <clears throat> how many of them? Yeah, not many. Not many. I mean, I will say California is one of the highest. Uh, I think they're like the second highest out of state. Like yeah, they have the, the second most yeah. out of all the states that send out of state kids to Ohio State, California is like number two behind New Jersey. Yeah, because it's the but, state of Canada, but still. whatever. Uh, so I think it's it's makes it life a lot tougher on students, fans, parents who want to go see their kids play, especially if you're a parent from California. Right now, as it is, you get a bunch of games close to home where you get to go see your kids play. Now you're gonna have to travel across the country if you want to see them. Uh, well, I mean, to be fair, it's not like they're only going to be everybody. playing away games. They're still going to play half their season in Los Angeles. Yeah, but you know, there is you still you still want to go to those, and if you can, at least for the most part, you only get to see them play so many games throughout their four years or however many years they play now with you know redshirt rules being what they are. But I I think the travel logistics of this, I guess they'll do it. They'll find a way. And I mean, all a lot of a lot of people who are pro this move on Twitter are saying, "Oh, you know, planes exist; it's possible." Yes. How many? However, how many collegiate tennis teams use a plane? How many of them? And and and, and what I will say though, you know, when you're talking about where they're going to get the money to go all these far, they're going to get the money from the football programs as they already do. They will. Thing, but it's not about money. And that's the move was made strictly for money. I agree. And there's just so many more factors than money that come into play in collegiate athletics. Mm-hmm. Even in college football, it's one of the most money-driven sports in the world. There's more that comes into play than just money. Yeah. And it's it's a shame to see this move that was made strictly for money. I, I think I think you're right, but I will say this move is not without its positives. There are things I like about it. Uh, I'll start briefly. Number one, culturally, they're not great fits but at the same time they are. And here's why. Sure. The average USC fan, the average LA resident doesn't have a ton in common with Joe Schmo from West Lafayette or Iowa city or wherever, who's a diehard Iowa fan, Purdue fan, whatever. Um, but what these institutions have in common uh, is elite academics, just like every school in the big 10, in my mind, plus great research and, uh, and all that, it checks all the boxes academically that matters uh in a, a serious history of athletic performance and success uh I, I think they're very comparable to, to schools like michigan or in ohio state or you know certain sports other schools you can throw in there but these are historic historic athletic programs and you know if they were located a lot closer to, to big 10 country what was big 10 country uh, I would I would say they'd be no brainers, but they're not. That's the fact of the matter. They're very far away, and, and that's really what makes it uh, the biggest hindrance to, to them joining in my mind. But they got over it and they joined. So, yeah, I, I 
I also do like, in theory, every team getting every team in the Big Ten getting a chance to go play road games in the Rose Bowl. I think is cool, especially if you're a fan of a team like Indiana or Illinois or Northwestern or Purdue or whoever who, you know, maybe as long as you've lived, you've always wanted to see your team play in that stadium. You want to see the sunset over the San Gabriel Mountains. Uh, there's your chance because, you know more likely than not, at least the way the BCS is constructed right now, not the BCS, the New Year's Six, excuse me. It's very tough to see a lot of those lower level football programs in the Big Ten making it to the Rose Bowl and playing in the granddaddy of them all. But at least seeing the team play in the stadium will be cool. And I can speak from experience as as somebody who, you know, (laughs) has spent a lifetime uh, wanting to see a certain team play a game in that stadium, but knowing it's probably never going to happen. I'm going to go to that game when Indiana plays UCLA on the road, whenever it happens, I don't know when it'll be in football. I'm there and I'm not even going to think twice about it. And it'll be one of the, probably the coolest days of my life seeing Indiana play in that stadium. It's, it's so iconic. So that's, I think a good ad for the conference, but, uh, and you know, basketball, right? UCLA, incredible basketball program, USC, incredible football program. These are things that uh, they bring to the table. It's the move is not bad for who the schools are. It is not a bad move because, oh, USC doesn't deserve a spot in the Big Ten or UCLA doesn't deserve a spot in the Big Ten. It's not that the schools themselves don't deserve it and aren't capable of it. It's that they're located, in my mind, in such a terrible position to be a part of it. And it's also just not necessary. My biggest take in all of this is we're – I completely disagree. I, I think there is a certain bit of necessariness to it. Uh, you'll get to it, though. Go ahead. But I, all I'm saying, though, is, is I think the sport in terms of the conference um, and the way – you know, there, there are problems with the college football playoff and how teams are selected and the number of teams to make it. Um, there are – you know, p- people are talking about problems with Talk about the way about NIL is handled. But I think in terms of – the teams you play every year, there's no problem with UCLA and USC playing teams out in the Pacific every year and, and teams in the Midwest. It's a system that's not broken. And so my, my whole thing here is if it ain't broke, don't fix it. it the, the classic cliche that everybody uses, I think it completely applies here. I, I don't know. Yes, but at the same time, the Big Ten had to keep up with the Joneses of the SEC. They had to keep up with the SEC. This is completely retaliation for the SEC adding Oklahoma and Texas. A move that culturally, geographically makes a heck of a lot more sense than this. But in terms of monetary reasons, I mean, for money reasons, same thing, it's redundant, sorry. Uh, monetary and money. <laughs> uh you know, it, it's it's on par, I, I would say. So, the SEC, if you did, if the Big Ten did not make this move, or the Big Ten didn't say, "All right, we're going to fight fire with fire, and we're going to try and make our own Super League," the SEC would grow so big and so powerful to the point of where the Big Ten wouldn't have any control, and suddenly the SEC only playoff, the thing that we all laughed at months ago, and it sounds so funny now, uh, would probably become a thing, and they could just freeze out the big 10 and all the other conferences out of it. And uh, it does feel like we're moving towards a two conference structure. And if that's the case, all right, then the big 10 needs to get everybody they can on board. 
I don't know who's next. I don't know if we are going to actually end up in a two conference structure. I really hope not. I, I don't want to see collegiate athletics as they're currently constructed completely fall apart. It, it would, it would be a, a sad, sad day if, uh, if it's all just so different and the FBS is split up and the power five more or less breaks away into two conferences and evidently a couple of power five schools will get left behind and almost all the G five will get left behind. But uh, I don't know what, what's going to happen. I don't think I can know who, who knows it's surprise after surprise after surprise at this point. So um, what I do know is that the big 10 had to do something. I don't know if this was the right move, but I think it's a move that will help them hang with the SEC. What I also know is that this isn't the end. The Big Ten's going to do something else. The SEC is going to do something else. Now it's a matter of, okay, they try and scrape something else out of the Pac-12. They try and get something out of the ACC. Do they, God forbid, go for Notre Dame? That is the big question, is where does Notre Dame slot into this? So there are a lot of ways the Big Ten can go from here. Uh, I think by the way, it makes more sense than ever before for Notre Dame to join the conference. And I would have been a whole heck of a lot less surprised if I read the headline today that Notre Dame was going to join the Big Ten instead of the headline that USC and UCLA were joining the Big Ten. Part of me kind of expects Notre Dame to join the Big Ten now. Uh, I don't have any insider knowledge there uh, that, that tells me that. This is not me reporting. Do not aggregate this. I've just got a feeling like, Notre Dame's two biggest rivals, USC and Michigan, are in this conference now. The big reason, for the most part, in my mind, of why Notre Dame never joined a conference was because they wanted to keep these rivalries intact. They wanted to make sure they could play Michigan often, except they never schedule Michigan, different issue. Uh, Play USC every year, play Stanford every year, another potential Big Ten expansion candidate. Um, Play Navy every year. Having a couple of those as conference games in addition to other rivalries or pseudo rivalries that Notre Dame has, such as Michigan State, real rivalry, Purdue, they play for a trophy, Northwestern, there's some animosity, Indiana's an in-state game. People had fun with the Wisconsin thing last year, Ohio State, those are just such titanic programs. Same with Penn State uh, in Nebraska, honestly, that it just matters when Notre Dame plays them. So uh, I think there is a real possibility that that Notre Dame can reconsider here and and try and get involved, but I don't know. Uh, The big 10 is going to do something. And uh, I think they had to do something if they wanted to keep up with the sec. Uh, But I think they'll do something else. I I just think that this can't be, this can't be it. It's gotta be a story. And, uh, and we'll soon find out what it is, whether it's an Oregon and a Washington or it's a Notre Dame. And I don't know, a pit. Here's my take on the, um, you know, Big Ten had to do something thing. On one hand, I I agree to an extent, but I also feel like you know, maybe this isn't a risk you want to be taking, but I think if the Big Ten didn't do anything here, the SEC might have just stopped at Oklahoma and Texas. I honestly, maybe I'm naive for thinking that, but I think there is a chance that they might have been content with Oklahoma and Texas and said, you know what, that's it. We're making all the money we could possibly need with Texas and Oklahoma in here. No more. Now, with that being said, if, if, if we're sitting, you know, if we're, if we're in 2024 and we're sitting with, you know, have, of course, this isn't going to happen now. It's been confirmed UCLA and USC. But if in, in an alternate universe, we're sitting in 2024, we've still got a 14-team Big Ten. There's the 16-team SEC featuring Oklahoma and Texas. Then the SEC is talking about, let's bring Clemson in, let's bring FSU in. That is when you pull the trigger and say, all right, USC, UCLA, Oregon, Washington, come on in. But 
it leads me to believe that something could I have think that, I think the Big Ten has enough pull, enough sway where if they didn't want to participate, there would there would be no thing to participate in. There could be a world where behind the scenes there's movement that a Clemson or a Miami or an FSU or whoever, a North Carolina is going to the SEC. For all we know, the Big Ten knows that and they're getting ahead of it. I think sure. that's a good point you brought up there. That could be going on behind the scenes right now because this was going on behind the scenes for God knows how long, uh, and, and none of us had any idea. Another thing I'll say, and you know, obviously geography is is to a certain extent out the window now because you have the conference that's been the Midwest Conference forever having two teams in Los Angeles. However, looking at the fact that the SEC took in Texas and Oklahoma, they still have Clemson close to home geographically. I'm thinking most of the SEC's moves for future expansion, if and when that happens, are going to be semi-geographically based. I agree. Right, because there's plenty of teams. I think that the teams that are kind of in the SEC's metaphorical uh, palm of their hands, Clemson, Florida State, Miami, you know, any of that North Carolina trio potentially, uh-huh. um, those Dude, are all more valuable programs. Than, <laughs> and th- those are more valuable than, than the field. Clemson alone might be more valuable than the field. Uh, well, actually, not Notre Dame. Um, but let's you say, to, you know, you look do at also, the Oregon. By the way, have to consider Duke for basketball and North Carolina for basketball. That's true. Yeah, the Big Ten could become the biggest basketball powerhouse the world has ever seen. if they Unless the Big it. 12. The Big you know, 12 as a basketball conference looks awesome right now. Yeah, but, I mean, there's also questions as to, I mean, it, it looks like this. But yeah, the Big Ten just got a lot better at the basketball result, conference. I still, I still don't have it. Through my skull read, the Big Ten just added the most, you know, successful basketball program, men's basketball program ever in UCLA. But here's the thing about the Big 12 being an awesome basketball conference right now. I mean, it looks like the Big 12 is, is saved here, but, you know, but there was, there were, you know, it was hung in the balance whether the conference was going to exist. It looks like it might have been saved. There's still a chance the Big Ten, the Big 12 won't exist in five years. Anything is possible now. Yeah. Um, but back to my original point. At least in terms of football, because as much as we all love men's basketball um, or any non-revenue sports, like football is the biggest one. That's the one that brings in the basketball biggest money. Is not a, and that's the main. Men's and women's men's and women's basketball are not non-revenue sports. Clarify that. Oh yeah, no, no, I'm not saying that. No. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm saying yeah. Like, continue. It goes. Uh-huh. It goes football, basketball, then non-revenue, and and football is still like pretty like. There's there's a gap, I except think, for except for NCAA tournament TV money, which is bigger than anything. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. But anyway, I'm I'm just saying in terms of bringing a team into your conference, football is the main. Like they're they're going to consider multi, as multitude the, factors, but football is the biggest one. It's the only driver, unless you're the modern Big East or another conference that simply doesn't sponsor football. Right. The so sponsor football, the, the drivers men's basketball. So so what I'm saying here is the fact that. You look at the teams that are in like the SEC's, you know, wheelhouse of potential expansion, Clemson, Florida, I mean, Florida State's kind of in the dumpster right now, but historic program, tons of potential, lots of money there. Clemson and Florida State alone, you know, are, are better teams to add to your conference than any of Oregon, Washington, UNC, Kansas, Duke, you know, Pitt, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so even, even by making this move, I think the Big Ten – you know, this is this is to keep up with the SEC. I think the Big Ten is still going to be behind the SEC. Maybe maybe the gap won't be as large large, but I think even if the Big Ten adds whoever they want to add, it may, even if they add Notre Dame, I think the Big Ten is still going to be behind SEC, the SEC because as things stand right now, the SEC is 
Uh, I think in, in the last couple of years, the SEC has, has widened that gap between SEC and everybody else in football. Like as it already stands, even the the lower teams, the SEC, Ole Miss, LSU, like those those guys can play some football. Tennessee is getting up there. South Carolina. Okay, like do not guys, throw LSU in there. Do not say LSU is a lower team in the SEC for football. Okay, but I'm saying like they're not Alabama. Three national championships. <laughs> Come <Okay>. on. <laughs> anyway, okay. What I'm saying though is like. In the yeah, Big Ten, it's, it's Ohio State, State Michigan. Can we get on that real quick? Did you just say LSU is one of the lesser SEC football teams? Out of context, yes, but – Oh, but my God. Is, let, me, let me make my point, though. My point here is when you look at the Big Ten, it's Ohio State, Michigan, and then everybody else. When you look at the okay. SEC, my main point is here is it's not one or two teams and then everybody else. It's a deep conference. Like You, you could argue it's Alabama and everybody else. Y- yes, but like – but also, you know, Ole Miss was it was a New Year's Six team. You know, they're sending the SEC has a bunch of New Year's Six teams every year. That's what I'm saying. Is they're sending all the, like they're they're having like many teams it with nine and SEC. Yes, you do see. You know, Georgia's pretty consistent. LSU inconsistent. You know, there, there's there's less consistency in the SEC. There is more turnover, and that means they're just more programs who have the potential to be New Year's Six teams, and I think there are fewer of them in the Big Ten. Yeah, but anyway, now, back, to, back to my original point, though, please. is if you – let's say let's say the Big Ten with UCLA and USC at Notre Dame, right? 17-team Big Ten with Notre Dame, UCLA, they'll and USC. They'll add, they'll add an 18th. They'll add Kansas. Oh, I, I know, but I'm just saying just, just for the purposes yeah. of this. Yeah. Let's say, sure. let's, say we, let's say we have what we currently have plus Notre Dame, right? Okay. That's still, in my opinion, not as strong of a conference as the 16-team SEC. I disagree. I, 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 think it's I guess we're going to have to agree to disagree here, but you're yeah. looking at Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma, Texas. These are your big four, right? There's a bit, there'd be a big three in the Big Ten, in my opinion. I think Ohio State, Notre Dame, Michigan, and then the others. Well, you do have um, to. USC will catch up, right? You, no, you have to consider with USC, not only is there the history, but this is a program that really does feel like it's trending in the right direction right now after about a decade of. of oh, that's true. But I'm I mean, saying, but, like, like, when you look at the depth of the SEC. Did you, did you say Texas in the big four of the SEC? Yes, because with all the money they have and in the age of NIL, they are going to get up there. Oh, well, how about all the money that USC has in the age of NIL? Okay, yeah, okay, sure, they're going to get up there. But throw what US, I'm saying is, again, Texas in there, throw USC in there. Those programs. Okay, that's true, that's true. But yeah. beyond those big four teams, like the depth of the SEC is much better. I would, I agree with that. I agree with that. So, so what I'm saying is, is overall, that 16-team SEC, in so my opinion, greater than the 17-team the Big Ten because best SEC team, Alabama, as things stand in the last couple of years, better than best Big Ten team in Ohio State. Yeah. Georgia, better than uh, Ohio State, certainly last year. Um, you know, better than kick the crap out of Michigan. Like these top teams are better in this SEC um, than the Big Ten, and the depth teams are better. Plus, the SEC has better; they have a better pool to take teams from. So I'm saying, even even as many but, steps the Big Ten takes to keep up with the SEC, like the SEC still, the SEC is still above the Big Ten in the total pool. I think it's and I think it can only get worse. Two things: number one, the Big Ten's TV contract. Number one already makes more money. Number two, every indication is that will make more money than the SEC. The Big Ten draws better on television. Just a fact. You know, they both will have stupid amounts of money, but the Big Ten's money will be stupider. It will be insane. You won't even believe it when, when you see it. But uh, that matters, number one. And number two, 
I think the Big Ten could go pound for pound. And we don't know what these conferences are going to look like at the end of the day. We can't really know until we know. Uh, but if you have a, a big four of Ohio State, Michigan, Notre Dame, and USC compared to Alabama, Georgia, sure, Texas, and LSU or Florida or whoever you want to say is that fourth one, or Oklahoma. Uh, Definitely Oklahoma, I think. Oklahoma, okay. But- uh it's pretty even, but then, yeah, I, I do think the SEC has, has a bunch of teams with higher floors. Um, but there are some, you know, great programs in the Big Ten, too. Obviously, Penn State, Nebraska, Iowa, Wisconsin. I mean, they'd be two incredible conferences that would go head-to-head for everything. And, and who knows what they're going to look like? Who knows what's going to happen? You, you really can't know until you do know. Uh, and nothing would surprise me, I think, is the answer. But Reed, so it's official. These two, UCLA, USC, are the newest member institutions of the Big Ten Conference. It still doesn't feel real. I'm not sure it ever will feel real. Uh, I'm going to cherish these next couple of years of, quote-unquote, normal Big Ten, pre-expansion, pre, pre-westward expansion, pre-manifest destiny, if you will. Uh, you know, the Big Ten is moving west. It's moving to the, to the west coast. It's uh, – Something I never thought I'd see, but here we are. Um, what's next for the conference? Do you think the Big Ten is going to add more teams soon? Do you think it waits? Do you think it you know, plays its cards, sees what the SEC does next? What's the next domino to fall, if you had to say? Well, I mean, I just saw a tweet that said something to the effect of, I know it used the phrase, um, time to breathe. They're saying, you know, maybe the Big of course, of course the Big Ten is going to be in talks with any big program right now. Uh, but – they're saying, you know, they're not going to have the last two big moves. They're not going to now. They're basically saying they're not going to add new teams, you know, in the next week. You know, uh-huh. so like it took, it took a year from Texas and Oklahoma leaving for the SEC for this to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, th- I think they're going to take their time. But like, yes, uh, obviously, this is not the end. The thing I fear, um, there's the, th- the problem is there's just so many possibilities for what college football could become. Best case scenario. We have, you know, maybe the power three or the power four where, you know, the big 12 and maybe the ACC stay intact slightly weaker, but you know, they're still, you know, you still got some solid programs and, you know, Oklahoma state, Baylor, TCU, um, Stanford on, on a good year. And then over in the ACC, I guess if Clemson or FSU stays, you know, like there's, I'm hoping that we're still going to have at, you know, three or four power conferences instead of a power two, what I'm really fearing, and this is from a Kirk Herbstreet uh, segment, I think on just, you know, I think it was just on standard sports center today, somewhere on ESPN. I saw it um, on social media. He was talking about how what he envisions is basically a AFC NFC esque um, model where it's just teams from all over the country. The names and the ordinance don't really mean anything. It's kind of just whoever, whoever, you know, the highest bidder is um, when, when you're put, looking at particular schools and, you know, each conference is going to have uh, an East, Central, and West. That's what I really fear because we already have the NFL. There's a, there's a reason on college football are different sports and why college football has such an audience is just because it's a different product. There already is an NFL. We don't need a second NFL. And I'm not bashing the NFL. I understand. I mean, I don't like the NFL as much as college football. It's still a fun league to watch, and I still love my Tennessee Titans, and I understand why certain people prefer the NFL. But at the end of the day – I don't think anyone wants there to be a duplicate league. Just with, you know, with a lower quality of play. Exactly. And, that, and I think that could lead to the death of the sport. If uh-huh. you just have a lower quality NFL, then people are going to realize, what the hell am I watching this for? You know, sure that, you know, it's the same, 
it's you know the teams are wearing the same uniforms they were 20 years ago but this isn't the same product and i think mm-hmm. potentially the, not the sport could start to die because of that the passion if the passion leaves college football the soul leaves college football and college football oh, college football is, is a sport that's been riding on passion you know it, it, passion has been the fuel of college football for decades wow. now if if it weren't for you know the the regional rivalries and the bands and the tradition stadiums and all of these intangible like stadiums are tangible but these intangible um non-football things college football would not exist it would be the you know the same as college soccer or whatever but it's the it's the history and it's everything off the field that makes up college football that that makes it a sport that sells a hundred thousand tickets in you know about 10 different stadiums across the country um so if you take that away yeah, there's going to be some people like you and me who are probably going to hold on because we've loved it ever since we were, you know, little toddlers. But, you know, it's it's not going to appeal to as many people and the, and the sport's going to drop off. Yeah. Although, to be fair, it will be really funny the first time USC is ranked in the top three and has to go play a night game in West Lafayette. That's true. But you know what? <laughs> let, me, let me also say something. Back to the, the concept of you know, the teams playing football games, you know, the men's sure. teams going to LA and vice versa. You know, you're talking about Indiana is going to play in the Rose Bowl. And yes, that's awesome. Indiana is going to play a football game in the Rose Bowl in let's say the net, you know, the next five years. Um, Pretty cool. You know, same for Purdue or Illinois or Northwestern or Nebraska. Cause I mean, they're a story program, but they haven't gotten, I don't know what their Rose Bowl history is. Cause they were in the big 12 for a while. Um, you know, big some eight. of these teams yeah. who don't get to see Rose Bowls that often who haven't seen them in decades, they're going to play there. Mm-hmm. At the same time, by that exact same token, it's going to mean less when you make the Rose Bowl game. You know, there's a certain when, when Ohio State makes the Rose Bowl, they're, they're, they post pictures on Twitter of just outside the stadium, the, the iconic Rose Bowl logo, the iconic Rose Bowl sign. That picture just speaks for it. You don't even need a caption or anything for that tweet or that Instagram post. It's just this is a picture of the Rose Bowl stadium. We have earned the right to play in the Rose Bowl stadium. And that means even more for you know the teams who aren't making those Rose Bowls as consistently as Ohio State is um that's a more I mean it's still gonna it's of course it's still gonna mean a lot if you make the Rose Bowl game but it's not going to mean as much if you know oh I played here early in the regular season well you but, know what I'm saying yeah uh but that's how it's been for every Pac-12 team for the last however long but it's also uh, but like the Rose Bowl stadium has always been located in California like that's always that's kind of just been inevitable you know, it, it's, it's been something it's like the Rose Bowl has been this big thing. That's far away that you got to earn. And, you know, you're, you're taking this big journey across the country. Yeah, you make that yeah. journey three, two, yeah. two times every three years. Mm-hmm. It's not as meaningful. I get that. I, it's a, a lot of to, be able to, to go as a smaller team or even as a big team care. to have your team play in the Rose Bowl. That's a pilgrimage. Yeah. And, but just to, to get it at all, I, I'm going to be grateful. Honestly, oh, I'm not saying you shouldn't be grateful. I'm not saying you shouldn't Do not speak for the lowly bottom of the big 10 football teams for me. Let me speak. For I'm, I, again, let again, me, I'm not me. saying you absolutely first time Indiana plays in the Rose bowl against UCLA. You should go there. You should have a hell of a time, but I'm not trying to take that away from you or take that away from any of these smaller teams. All I'm saying is which, which would mean more to you. If we were under the current big 10, like if next year, Indiana makes the Rose Bowl by winning. No, I know what you're saying, but the thing is, Indiana is probably never going to make a Rose Bowl in my lifetime, and I've accepted that. But there's something to believe in. There's there's, there's always that. Indiana football. If, if it wasn't, if if 2020 wasn't a COVID year, Indiana 
absolutely actually the Rose Bowl was was a playoff game that year. But like if if that season happened like a year later and the Rose Bowl wasn't a playoff game or whatever, that was so possible. You have those I years. I don't know if that's ever whether it's, again, whether it's once every five years or once every 55 years. This isn't like, worth arguing. That anymore. happens in college. That's the magic no, of college. Football. No, this isn't worth arguing anymore. Every IU fan I ever talked to wanted to schedule a home and home with UCLA. Everybody wanted this. This this is good. And I bet, you know, you ask, you know, a bunch of Iowa fans, they've, they've gone once in 30 years. They probably love it. It's an awesome trip. You know, we were, I think if anything, it's nothing but a great addition because Big Ten fans respect the history of that stadium. So that's, that's true. You know, maybe it, it doesn't mean as much to play a UCLA regular season game there as it does to play the actual Rose Bowl game itself. But the fact of the matter is that it's a Big Ten home stadium, con- home conference stadium now and that every team's going to get to go out there, and that's awesome. I, I don't think you should take anything away from that. Nothing at all. I see your point there. What I do think is weird, though, is that should the, you know, the conferences stay somewhat intact as they are right now, I don't think that'll happen. Seeing a USC represent the Big Ten Conference in a Rose Bowl game against, for example, Washington or Oregon – I don't think that'll happen because I don't think the Pac-12 is going to exist anymore, as weird as that is to say. Uh, then, yeah, what happens to the Rose Bowl? What happens so to the weird. Bowl? Yeah, two, two West Coast teams in a Rose Bowl. I mean, you're going to be having you're going to be having another uh, Alabama Notre Dame in the Rose Bowl. Uh huh. No, you're going to have another Georgia Oklahoma. It, it is not good for the Rose Bowl itself. However, uh, you know the fact of the matter is that there's I, I don't know if there was ever going to be a world where Maryland qualifies for a Rose Bowl, right? No offense yeah. to Maryland, but is that ever going to happen? So, you know, for those fans, they get to go see a game in one of the most historic venues in the sport. That's awesome. So uh, another but positive things for me on that, but uh, I don't know what's next. I, I don't know what the Big Ten is going to do next. I, I'm not going to even try to predict it. I'm, you know, I want to predict Notre Dame. I'm not going to. I want to predict Kansas, maybe. I'm not going to. Uh, by the way, a basketball conference, a men's basketball, uh, Kansas, UCLA, Indiana together. Could you imagine? Maybe it's North Carolina. Maybe it's Virginia. Maybe it's Duke. Maybe who, who knows? What, what, you know, what honestly, if, if you're Duke, Kansas, or UNC right now, uh, like think about this. Um, there was, by the way, play because they're part of the AAU. So it's, it's definitely a possibility, right? And they have the basketball programs to back it up. Like, you know, obviously Duke and Kansas, <clears throat> excuse me. Duke and Kansas are two of the biggest pushovers of the world in college football. But let's say they join the Big Ten. They're they're still excelling in basketball. And they start to get some some of that, you know, some of that TV money that that has been absent in ACC football. I mean, what if their football team started improving and all of a sudden, like these teams, like this could be huge for the athletic department because if you have a good football team, the revenue you're bringing in is dramatically different from what you bring in with a non-storied or just overall bad football program. Like this could completely change the game for those three schools in particular. I agree. Uh, I don't know what's next for the big 10. It could be some of them. It could be a Notre Dame, could be a pit, could could be whoever. Legitimately they could pick any school in the country and it wouldn't surprise me now that they pulled two from frigging Southern California. They could pull my, don't say that if they picked Akron, you'd be shocked. Right. Yeah, true. But I guess from any corner of the country and any corner of the Power Five, as right. I've currently said, who knows how much longer. Yeah, because I mean, you look at the map right now. You look at the map, and you're seeing this cluster of teams in the Midwest, or at least states that border the Midwest, and then, and then just two dots in California. Mm-hmm. Like I, I have this map right here circled. Um, I mean, I'm showing it to you right now, Patrick. You're not going to be able to see it on the podcast, but it's got highlighted uh, just regions of 
you know, potential, what could the new conferences be? What, what's going on for the other 20 ish teams um, who are, you know, like the Kansas States and the Virginia techs of the world who aren't really going to be priorities here. Um, and I, I have a pink highlight around all of the big 10 and then just a highlight on UCLA and USC. And every now and then while I'm talking to you, I'll look over the map and I'm like, Oh my God, this I've is got the map on my life. TV right now. I, I see it right in real now. life Sports center. That, it's, that, un, it's unfathomable. No, this feels like a dream. Like I need to pinch myself and wake up. And I don't know if it's a good dream or not, but it's, it's not real. I can't believe it may turn out to be a good dream one day, but right now I'm convinced it's not one I've been, I've been fed up all day. No, it, it feels wrong. I, I don't want to say I'm, I'm not mad, but I just, I'm just feel, disappointed. I feel kind of icky. Like I just feel a little gross. I, I don't feel good. I'm not saying they don't deserve it. I'm not saying I won't, you know, maybe grow to appreciate them. I'm not, I'm not saying they aren't wonderful universities, institutions, and athletic departments because they are, but it just feels antithetical to the history of the conference and to, to the passion and to the nature of the sport and what makes it so great. And, uh, and it breaks my heart to see college football is moving away from uh, what's made it so wonderful over the years. And that's tradition and, pageantry and rivalry of you know local flair of of, you know being a a game of of regions and locales and you know the the same team and and this is going to take away the the super conferences that takes away when the big 10 plays the sec in a bowl game that's huge and i guess that's still intact because these are the two things that play but it's like it's no longer going to be as big of a deal when a team from pennsylvania plays a team from oregon because mm-hmm. when you get to play these different parts of the country, it's it's not only your school versus their school. It's contemplated. Reach is your area. That meant something. That's kind of cool. It's like, all right, it's unique. That's what's special about bowls. If it's regular season, just every single week, you're going all over the country. It it feels wrong. Everything about this move just feels wrong. It hurts my brain. Uh, it, it doesn't make me happy. I don't know if it makes me mad. I, I just don't it doesn't compute. My brain refuses to accept this as a fact that USC and UCLA are big 10 school. Like I can't say it without laughing. Like it just feels like something. It feels like something out of NCAA 14 where you just, you're it doesn't even feel like, like, like eh, what the hell throw USC in there. I wouldn't do, I wouldn't even do that in that game. I don't do it in the video games. Even I, uh, that this felt too, too stupid. I've never been one to realign the conferences. The most crazy one I did was I put Notre Dame and, I think maybe West Virginia or Pitt or like one of those other close by schools. I and I was like, Kansas. and I, I felt like I was committing a sin against my conference by putting Notre Dame in. Cause I'm like, this would never happen. This is crazy. Now what we're saying they're like the odds, you know, they're, they're the favorite to join the big 10 next. I would say the next biggest favorite, by the way, Heather Danish from ESPN tweeted that there's no, if Notre Dame were to join a football conference, there's no requirement that it would have to be the ACC. Oh yeah. No. Yeah, and I, I mean, it, they would they would have to work something out with the ACC. They would have to pay, they would have to pay some deal in basketball and the other sports, but they'd have to pay some fines for everything else. But you know, they would they would pay. Yeah, it. Be, they're Notre Dame. They'll find. They, yeah, that's not going to be a big obstacle for them. No, yeah, they they could. Find I also it. think we had that one year where Notre Dame played in the ACC. Um, I wasn't too weirded out by Notre Dame being in a conference. I don't know about you, like yeah, it was a little bit weird to see a conference logo on the Notre Dame field, but it was also like, you know. To see them in the ACC championship against Clemson, that didn't really feel weird to me. I don't think it would feel weird to me to see them in the Big Ten championship either against Ohio State or Wisconsin or whatever. If anything, I mean, right? They 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 belong in the Big Ten. I that is one thing I will say. 
if this paves the way for Notre Dame getting into the conference, I think it would be more than a net positive for, for everything. If this is what it takes to get Notre Dame in, I'm cool with it because I really do think Notre Dame belongs in the Big Ten. And I would love – And there's something about, you know, Notre Dame's in the Big Ten in hockey. Just seeing that Big Ten logo on Notre Dame's jerseys. It looks right. right. I agree. It feels more right than the ACC, at least. It certainly feels more right than seeing that patch on the USC jersey. It does. You can say that much. Uh, As much as we we can, uh, you know, talk about hypotheticals of it being a Notre Dame or Kansas or Pitt or whoever it would be uh, to join the Big Ten. What's not hypothetical is this. There are two teams in Southern California joining. Patrick, the B1G logo is going to be on the field in the Memorial Coliseum. Just think, just picture that. Yeah. That's insanity. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy that, like we said, this came so out of left field. I, Nobody I, had I, ever even speculated about UCLA and USC. And it just goes to show that, like, with, with, with the, within the blink of an eye, the sport – and, and this, the sport that you've been following for your whole life can change completely. And we're looking at right now, this is, you know, the, the, the domino um, metaphor has been used. Like, they had, you know, Alabama, you know, or, or excuse me, Oklahoma and Texas joining the SEC is the first domino. This is the next domino to fall. Like, with these, you know, the next five years uh, or the next five minutes, we could be looking at a completely different um, college football landscape. And it really comes down to money and what the people who are going to make the money think is going to benefit them the most. And it's, it's just crazy that this thing that we pour all of our, our hearts and our emotions into can be completely changed like that just by a few people in suits in an office who think, ah, this TV deal is going to make us a little bit more money. It, it is wild. It, it really truly is. Um, and it's just, I, I just hate people, people always use the phrase. It's a business and yes, sports are a business, but I, I just wish that this it's just not just college football. Sports in general, I wish people viewed it more as sport first, business second, because obviously there's lots of money that goes into it. Money is needed to make it possible. However, I just wish the people in charge cared a little bit more about preserving what it is. Yeah. Preservation was a little bit more important. Maybe there needed to be um, laws or something. I don't know, because there's nothing that can really safeguard um you know there's nothing that could have stopped the big 10 if the big 10 wanted to add these teams they can add whoever they want if they wanted to add um you know if they wanted to add harvard they could they could do it if they felt like it you know so there's, there's nothing really stopping them and it, but it's just it's just crazy it's like you know this thing that we've spent our whole lives following and you know we spent every saturday since we were little little kids watching all this that in the blink of an eye it's completely different and it's all based on what TV deal is going to make you the most money, which TV markets you want to tap into. I just wish there was a little bit more consideration and maybe there was more consideration. We're just not going to know it because of the whole, you know, maybe, you know, keeping up with the SEC thing. Next domino to fall is you're right. about. You know, yeah. Maybe, you know, somebody made the point, maybe this is just, maybe this is the best of a bad scenario. And this is what the big 10 had to do so that there even was a big 10 or yep. so that, you know, Ohio state Michigan don't go join the super SEC maybe but it's just it it seems like just out of the blue no sort of explanation just all right usc's in the big 10 uh yes it's just now, like by the way it, it just seems like there was there i just wish there was more consideration for the tradition and yeah what we know and just preserving what makes it college football you know what i'm saying usc and ucla did reach out to the big 10 not the other way around that's also true so 
I think. But I mean, it's not like it's not like by reaching out they they're instantly in it. You know, it, it took from what, I, what I heard was it, it was an unanimous yeah. vote, and obviously it may not have been truly unanimous. And they always say these things are unanimous, and maybe one school voted against it, but they don't want it to look bad as a thirteen to one thing. They convinced them, and they were like, "All right, but, they yeah. get unanimous. We're all on the same page. Whatever." Um, I'm gonna have two years to digest this. We're all gonna have two years to digest this. I think as weirded out as we all feel right now. By 2024, once it rolls around and you see USC on your football schedule, I, I think it it'll be exciting. Or you see that that's the thing, yeah. And and they, I think it's done intentionally whatever, that, that they're going to give it time to simmer a little bit. You know, for college game day, you know, or or, or just during any any college football broadcast, the first game USC plays this season, it's going to be oh, these guys are are joining the Big Ten. If they make the Pac-12 championship, this may be the last Pac-12 championship they ever make. Like you're going to hear this storyline over and over again. And it's going to set a little bit more, and it definitely is going to feel more right by the time 2024 rolls around. But is it going to be more right, or is it going to be just right? Um, That's I don't know. I think at the very least, I'm intrigued to see what happens, and I bet I'll be excited to watch them play in the Big Ten by 2024. I'm excited to see it now. Like I, I just, I just want to see what it looks like. I, I want to see what what it feels like. I mean, if it was for one year, if it was like, all right, here's our one year experiment, USC and UCLA. If it was just for the hell of it, like a, you know, experiment. But it's weird to think that's gonna yeah, be like let's do it. But you know, it's like this is reality now, and this is irreversible, or at least like pretty much irreversible stuff that like not only are these teams in, but it's almost inevitable. Like there's more coming. We could be looking at, so you know, like, not only playing away games in sunny California, playing snowy away games, not in Minnesota, but in Seattle, Washington. Uh huh. You know, it's like. Does it snow in Seattle? No, of course it snows in Seattle. Doesn't it? I mean, it rains there all the time. It gets cold. That snows there. It snows. They have a weird climate. I don't know. I've, I've okay. Well, the that. snow, uh, let me tell you, it, it snows like hell. Um, Pullman, Washington, where Washington State plays, the number of yeah. snowy games I've seen there, and it snows okay. in Oregon too, in Corvallis. Um, but you know, it's because at this point, we, you know, it's it's hard enough to digest the UCLA and USC thing. We have no idea. Like you were saying, we have no idea what comes next. We can't even begin to predict it, and that's the most unsettling thing. Is there could just be a no. You know, obviously, we have our problems with the USC and UCLA move, but there are also plenty of pros and, you know, there are a couple silver linings here and there we can look to and say, you know, maybe in a few years, this is going to all be cool. We don't know what their next move is going to be. We don't know if the next move is going to be cool. You know what I'm saying? What if the whole PAC 12 gets absorbed in the big 10 and just gets renamed to the big 10 West and they just wanted the money. Who knows? Also, or, and I mentioned this on Twitter. I said, cause they were talking about more PAC 12 teams joining. I talked about the Rose bowl conference. And I was texting about this. This is actually the one thing That's I would actually. By the way, it said that, that no no other Pac-12 teams are being considered right now. Yeah, but that's I, I've heard reports saying no teams are considered. I've heard reports saying all teams are considered. The reports don't mean as much to me yeah. right now. I think, yeah, no, I agree. I think regardless. Possible. Yeah, and, and this isn't going to happen. I would be shocked if this happened. But like, let's say, what if it becomes a 28 team conference with all the Big Ten teams, all the Pac-12 teams? you know, Notre Dame and somebody else, um, you know, you keep the tradition intact, the, the Rose Bowl becomes the conference championship game. You have like a mix of, let's say, five former Big Ten opponents, then three former Pac-12 opponents in your schedule every year, you know, and with a couple of protected rivalries. I think that'd be kind of cool. I think the, the idea of the Rose Bowl conference is cool because it keeps the tradition, but it also allows you to keep up 
with uh, the SEC and it gives you enough of those like California to Midwest games where it actually still feels like you're in the same conference. Um, it would it would still be called the Big Ten though. That name means too much. That's, well, yeah, I guess. Yeah. 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 There's too much money invested. Uh, but whatever happens, it will be interesting. I think we can agree on that much. Uh, I'm, I'm intrigued to see how it plays out. This is not a podcast I ever plan on recording. Uh, and it's certainly not one I will soon forget. I, uh, I, I still, I am in utter disbelief. It's been a weird week across the board for me, but, uh, this is by far one of the weirdest days of my life. I think that's the way I would describe it. Just profoundly odd. And I, th- I think you agree with me there. It, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't compute. It doesn't go through my skull. It, it hurts my head. I, I have a headache from it, but, uh, but it happened and it's real. And they're the newest members of the big 10 conference. So welcome USC and UCLA to the Big Ten, and unless there's anything from you, I think that'll do it for today's podcast. Reed, anything else from you? I mean, I've certainly got more thoughts, but you know, th- those are we're, we're going to be talking about this throughout the entire offseason. Even our, right. even our yeah. any previews we might do for for uh, teams coming up, I'm sure this is going to get brought up. Um, <laughs> this conversation a- is far from over. We could do um, a segment every week checking in on them. Oh my god, yeah. Actual update. How do we feel this week? Are you know how how is it s- uh, sitting with us? Um, Two weeks out, three weeks out, whatever. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, you know the conversation's far from over. But I think for tonight, we've we've gotten out a lot of um, productive thoughts. Yes, uh, and you know I, I think we can we embrace we can call the podcast. That yeah. yeah, as our as our podcast friends uh, on another show that no longer records, we we did embrace debate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> those of, those of you are our older listeners will know the show we're referring to, and. Uh, and perhaps one day they'll come back. If if the SEC or if the SEC, excuse me, the SEC can add Oklahoma and Texas, and the Big Ten can add USC and UCLA, then maybe one and a half Jews can record another episode. I don't know. Just just throwing it out there. I, I'm gonna send uh, Griffey and Seth that soundbite, and maybe Please they'll. Do. I, I know Griffey. Feel I, I liked his tweet. He's 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 seeing this as just as bizarre a world as I am. Um, yeah, get get the. This needs to get him out. I'll of bring the- them on the show. Please, I'll do an episode with them. I would, they would have some hilarious takes. I yeah, don't know. Let's actually send that to them. We can go on their show too. Get bring it back. Let's do it. You imagine in? if we are the ones. Imagine if UCLA, USC, and the first and ten is what brings back one and a half juice. It would then this move would absolutely be worth it. If if we can get <laughs> either of you know, as much as I I feel the death of college football may happen as a result, but our favorite podcast would be back yeah, too. Get, I see this as one an and a half juice comes back small price. A small price to pay for salvation. Which one? Notre Dame in the conference or one and a half juice comes back? Pick your favorite. That's that's like, uh, I don't even, that's like choosing your favorite <laughs> child. Into it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we, we love our class acts and, uh, and hopefully they, they can come back at least for one show just to talk about this move because uh, I, I assume that they've got some thoughts, but uh but I think that's it. That'll do it for this very special, very historic, very profoundly weird episode of the First and Ten podcast. For Reed, I'm Patrick. We'll see you next time. We promise it won't be as interesting next time. 
Uh, nor is long, I don't think. Nor is long. It's so a long I, show. We definitely. Although we tend to do long shows show. sometimes. I mean, and and this Maybe. was the most earth-shattering thing. Could you can you believe you know? I mean, I listened to show. about you know at least an hour and a half, if not two hours of your Twitter spaces, and I never uh, felt uh-huh. any, a dull moment there. So I think yeah, this is. Uh, here, I think this definitely warrants a lengthy episode. This right? Can, could you imagine three years ago during your there was nothing to respect about Rutgers rant. Uh, <laughs> If then afterwards someone tapped on tapped you on the shoulder and said, I'm Reed from the future, uh, in June of 2020 or July of 2020 or whatever, uh, the next big 10 members will be the University of Southern California and the University of California, Los Angeles. I mean, you would you 2022, would, but you, you would have passed out, right? And uh, oh my God, can you imagine? Yeah, imagine showing that to Crystal Ball Reed, Nevada over Purdue. If you told it to me a month ago, I would have passed out. Just like <laughs> I, I, I still, I still can't believe it. But, uh, but here we are, and uh, and it happened. So, uh, yeah, not not much else to say. It's a thing. It's real, and we'll have much more to say from now until 2024 when uh, they officially join the Big Ten Conference. So, for Reed, my name is Patrick Feltz, and we will see you next time. Take care. Bye.